Uh, hi everyone, I'm Eric, I'm a compulsive eater. Hi Eric. Uh, let's see, I, I was like trying not to think about what to say this morning, but also like unavoidably thinking about what to say this morning. Um, I find that I, I speak better when I sort of wait until the last minute to sort of see what comes in, um, especially when I hear sort of uh, other people share in the beginning of the meeting. Um, I've been in programs since uh, fall of 2015. Um, uh, I grew up in, at the time, what I thought was a very normal sort of American kind of household. Um, and it's only like now as you sort of look back in, in sort of the perspective of being in program that you go, oh my god, things were so screwed up back then. Um, uh, my mother has been a compulsive eater all her life. Um, my mother does not drink. Um, I believe she channeled that addiction into food. Um, my father is a rageaholic. I, I haven't quite decided whether he had a drinking problem or not. He decided one day that he wasn't going to drink anymore. And that's sort of the way my father works. He basically says, I'm going to do this, or we're going to do this, and we're all going to do it. Yes. Um, uh, growing up, there was always some kind of sugar in the household, um, always some kind of bad for you kind of sugar in the household. Um, my father liked sugary soft drinks. My mother loved um, cookies and pastries and, and other things. Um, uh, it, at the time, it didn't seem strange to me, but like all of, uh, I have two brothers and myself, we were always sort of sneaking in and, and stealing um, the, the cookies and the candy and, and whatever. And to a point where like it was this ongoing sort of competition, you know, they would try and hide them better um, and we would spend hours trying to find them, which is, just seems so dysfunctional when you think about it. Um, anyways, um, and so growing up there was almost a, um, a prize kind of feeling about, oh, I found where the cookies are hidden today, uh, those kinds of things like that. Um, so uh, growing up I had a lot of that sort of uh, bad reinforcement of, of eating habits and someone like that. Um, and at the same time I, I didn't really care for um, what I would call normal food nowadays. Um, and so it's kind of funny in a way, so the, and, and I've heard this a lot of times in meetings where people talk about how to the outside world, everybody viewed you as being somebody who doesn't eat, right? Like, oh, that so-and-so doesn't eat enough. We need to get some more food in them. They don't eat enough, right? Because in secret, they're doing all, they're eating all the things, um, and, and that in public, they're like, oh, and you never connected, you know, as a teenager that, gee, the reason I'm not willing, interested in eating a, a regular meal is because I've spent the afternoon binging on cookies, <laughs> and I have no interest in, in you know, a healthy vegetable sort of kind of meal. Um, let's see, as I sort of moved out uh, on my own, so to speak, um, all the things that had been sort of hard for me to get a hold of as a, as a kid became easy because you were an adult now and somebody paid you and you could go down to the grocery store and buy the the 12 pack or the 24 pack case of, of uh, sugary, sugary drinks. Um, I had a real problem with sodas um, uh, to a point where like I just um, eventually I got to a point where I, I work in the tech industry where and most a lot of the tech industries in the Bay Area at least you know they have I'm sure everyone's seen it the fridge 
filled with the free the soda for the employees. Um, I, I sort of evolved through, originally it was, they had the soda machine, it was only a quarter or a dime or something, they were subsidizing it. Um, and then eventually went from that to sort of the, just the open cooler and you could take it out of it and so on like that. Um, and it sort of evolved through that. And all along the way, I just <laughs> completely abused it. Um, I still, I, 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 I worked for, I used to live in Southern California. I worked for a company down there that had um, a fairly well-known uh, ener energy drink that, that has a bull as their mascot. <laughs> and they would have four or five of them in the fridge because they're much more expensive than a, you know, a can of, of regular soda. And I was always complaining about, you know, there's never enough. Everybody <laughs> drinks this stuff up. And one year I had some medical tests I had to take, and so I wasn't allowed to drink um, uh, any of those kinds of things for a week. Mm. And, I was, and I remember going to people and going, this is so ridiculous. You know, the one week that I'm not drinking it, and they keep it stocked up and full of stuff. <laughs> and everybody laughs when I tell that yeah. bit. <laughs> and for me, it actually took me a couple more days before it suddenly dawned on me that the reason was because I was drinking all the <laughs> So I had a real sort of penchant for sugary drinks. Um, I almost always had something on, on when I was working through the day, when I was driving to work, for a very long time, maybe <laughs> 10 or 15 years, um, my breakfast was grab a can of soda from the fridge, drive to work. Uh, eventually that changed because it was bothering my stomach. Um, and so I didn't like connect and say, oh, I should get rid of the soda. I just said, oh, I'll add something like a breakfast bar, you know, to eat with it on the way because that, and that seemed to help some. But um, I started getting uh, kidney stones in um, like the late 90s, I think was the first one. Um, and that's directly tied, um, reasonably, reasonably certain it's directly tied to the amount of sugar and caffeine and the lack of water because I, if you're drinking soda all day, you don't have any interest in, in drinking like regular water because you're, you're full. So all of those sort of things. Um, and yet I still was completely oblivious that, that there was any sort of food problem. I was just like, oh, that's just, you know, unfortunate for me. Um, so in the, um, I've been, been getting worse and worse and worse, and I've been starting, these things are not necessarily, they seem like epiphanies to me, but then when I look back at over time, I go, okay, yeah, it seems like this is the moment when I realized it, but really I was sort of getting, starting to realize um, in, in the year beforehand. Um, my wife went on a business trip. Um, she eats much better than I do because she's been in program a lot longer than I have. Um, and in my mind, that was the opportunity. Of whenever she was gone, those are the opportunities when I can eat the way I want to. Mm. Um, she was gone. Um, I did delivery. I went through two or three two liters of, of sugary drinks, um, all within a span of about a three-day um, time frame. Um, and part of what happened out of that is like my sleep schedule gets all screwed up because of that. Um, and I managed to really badly pinch a nerve in my neck uh, at that point uh, to a point where there was like a buzzing, a constant buzzing, which also doesn't help your sleep at that point. Um, and I went through a lot of sort of thrashing, I guess is a good way to put it, because um, you're not really sure what to do. And, and so... You know, in some ways you get worse, and then you start to get better, and then you get worse, 
Um, so I was, you know, that's how I kept sort of drinking sugary drink, but at the same time realizing that there was a problem. Um, I managed to, to pinch the nerve to a point where basically eventually it got the buzzing went away, but I've, I've lost some of sort of the dexterity in my, my outer left hand because of that. And I think that was probably the, the final sort of wake-up call, that something, up until that point in time, I was always sort of able to sort of rationalize, I'll just not, I'll just eat good for a couple days and then I'll be fine. But this was like I had done some serious permanent injury um, like I said, I work in tech, so typing for a living is, is kind of important to me. So especially immediately afterwards, it was really hard um, to use sort of the outer uh, pinky. And I already have sort of a, a problem with, I don't know if you can see it, but my pinkies are bent. Oh, it's a genetic thing. Um, so I already have some problems with those outer sort of uh, pinkies. Um, so this made it worse. Um, it has gotten a little bit better since then, but at that point in time, it was enough to really kind of scare me um, to a point where I was sort of willing to then sort of contemplate doing something. And I think that's that's the one story I hear a lot of is that like everybody thinks they're fine and they know there's a problem sort of in the side of their mind, but they're not willing to sort of do anything yet because they think, oh, I, I'll do that, I'll do that. And then there has to be something serious enough um, you know, some people that's, you know, like in, in other 12-step programs, sometimes there's legal stuff involved. Um, but for me, it was, um, I, I think that the phrase is, I have a low bottom. Um, so it was, that was kind of a, a scary enough, stuff like that. Um, I started going to meetings um, open kind of right away. And I remember sort of the first meeting I, I went with um, someone who was also in program. And um, it was a smaller sort of meeting, maybe five people uh, down in Willow Glen. And uh, my first sort of went in, and they're like, we're going to sit at the table. Uh, it's 10 minutes? 10 more minutes. Got it. Okay. Um, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to sit at the table. And, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm going to sit in the back. It's like, no, no, you're going to sit at the table. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I want to see in the back. And just, you, know, you sit at the table, you know, and, and be... Uh, visible and admit that you have a problem and that's part of it I think that's why you need that serious thing because up until that point in time you're not willing to admit that, it's, that you have a problem you, you sort of want to be in that denial about like I don't really have a problem it's you know sometimes I get a uh, but it's not really, yeah it's, it's a it's a problem um so I, I went to meetings not very long maybe a couple months um looking for a sponsor it's very funny because I I finally found a meeting um, I go to the uh, the the early bird meeting uh, down at El Camino Hospital. I don't know if folks are familiar. It's a it's a good meeting, um, and I go to that meeting pretty regularly. And I've been looking for a sponsor. Uh, I wasn't sure um, what I was looking for, just sort of looking for a sponsor. And I was at this meeting, and someone who had who actually was a regular at the meeting, but hadn't been there, had been gone for a little bit, and had had was coming back from a, a trip or something, was there and. Literally that meeting, I had finally gotten the nerve to sort of check, you know, looking for a sponsor on the, the, the sign-in sheet. Um, and at the same time, um, he had, like, written down my name. And after the meeting, somebody said, oh, you should go talk to, to Richard. He's, you know, da, da, da. and I went up to him, and he's like, let me show you something. And he had written down my name on, like, a Post-it. Um, and so we went off and, and uh, basically, and 
at the time, um, I, I did a lot of travel in, in uh, Europe, and I literally, um, he and I connected that Saturday morning, and later that afternoon, about one or yeah, one o'clock that afternoon, I climbed on a plane to Paris for for my first trip to Paris, and it was like it was a work trip, and so I'm I'm going, you know, I'm supposed to be eating better, and um, and I'm going to Paris, <laughs> uh, right? And so uh, I'm just, and I'm going to be around colleagues, so there's going to be a lot of business, you know, dinners and 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 breakfasts and things like that. So that's going to be stressful with it. And I actually did, I did perfectly fine. And actually, as it turned out, I wouldn't have been able to predict this in advance, but it was perfect because um, none of my familiar fallbacks, you know, there weren't, there were no fast food restaurants. There were no 7-Elevens. There were no, you know, places where I could go and find my, my binge foods. There just, there was none of that. And I was surrounded by people um, on a, on a regular basis so that everybody was looking, you know, and I was self-conscious about how I was eating and so on like that. And so for a week, um, I was just sort of like, you know what, I, I can't do any of the things I would normally do anyways, so I'm going to do the right thing. And it, it worked out really wonderful because it was a, a clean sort of start um, to sort of my abstinence on, on that day. And so it worked out really well. And, you know, and it was also sort of the beginning of, of working with the sponsor I have right at the moment who's... It was wonderful, and, and I really, um, really enjoy working with. Um, so since then, um, my abstinence is is no sugar, no flour. Um, it started off with no sugar, no flour. I, I've sort of tempered it some. Um, there is, for me at least, there's a certain amount of addiction to control, and so it's like you, you almost want to do like a hardline abstinence simply because that's that feeds that. Um, addiction to control is maybe a good way to put it. Um, so as a result, um, you have to sort of have that release and 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 do the right thing and let the universe um, uh, sort of do the the rest and, and turn the rest over to my HP. So um, as a result, I don't have quite the same hard hardlined abstinence that I did when I first started. Um, um, and of course, health issues along the way. Um, also sort of come in and, and love to play games. So there are things that like um, probably are okay. Like uh, literally just in the last week I've been, I think I might have a problem with dairy. And, you know, and dairy's per- perfectly fine from an abstinence viewpoint, but from a health viewpoint, I'm discovering that there's th- things that are, that are as a result of that. Um, things like coffee are another great example. And what I find is um, on a nearly, you know, quarterly basis, I have to sort of look at what I'm doing and going, okay, what has evolved as the new addiction that I now have to sort of look at and, and evolve? Because uh, my brain uh, wants to fall into sort of, um, I don't know what the right word is, but my brain wants things to be easy. You know, we want to just say, here are the six things that I'm allowed to eat, you know, or, or you know, and you just, you buy a case of those and that's all you ever do. And then you start binging on it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, early on, when I first um, when I was first in program, um, trail mix. I was like, trail mix is perfectly fine. It was great, and so we went and bought like one of the big things of trail mix. And in a weekend, I finished it. <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, trail mix, uh, perfectly abstinent. Also, something I can't do. Um, so you know, now I I find that like if I can do like the little bags of 
trial mix, and, and that's fine as long as I'm careful about what's in it. Um, but I have to be really careful about like looking, and that's part of it. We want to fall into this zombie state and just go, I'm going to go through and do the same thing over and over again and not think about it. And you can't, and that's the hardest part for me, is that on a regular basis, um, looking looking up and looking at what I'm doing and sanity checking in with my sponsor or other people in program and going, hey, I was doing blah, 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 what do you think? And them going, really? Um, and, and there are other times when I go, you know, I'm worried about this. And they go, yeah, that seems fine. You know, I don't see any problem. You should be okay with that, yeah. Um, I mean, I drink decaf coffee and I'm like, oh, is that a problem? No, decaf coffee is perfectly fine. So, um, and in fact, it's, it's a reasonable alternative. You know, it's certainly a reasonable alternative to sugary drinks, but um, lately I've actually found um, sparkling water is another good thing. There's a lot of sparkling waters and I've, it's been long enough. Um, I, I, the funny thing is I stopped drinking soda like that. I had no problems drinking soda. Uh, bread on the other hand was really hard. And so it's kind of weird. I thought that soda, which had been like my staple forever, was going to be hard. Um, but it's been long enough since I've had the really sugary sodas that now having like the flavored sparkling waters, which I used to be like, oh, this is, it, it's not sweet enough. <laughs> but nowadays it's fine. And so it's got a little taste to it and it's, there's not, it seems perfectly fine. So anyway, so my point is just um, over time, I have to sort of go through and, and reevaluate things. Um, I find meetings um, on a regular basis. Um, I go uh, about three meetings, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less a week. Um, and what you don't realize when you first get in program is that you start hearing things at a subconscious level, I think, and you start later on, it starts to sort of evolve and, and, and become part of your, your personality and your mantra and, and so on like that. And so that's why I think it's good on a regular basis to have somebody sort of hearing things in a meeting and bringing it back to sort of having sort of a, a baseline that you're always sort of working from. Um, and I find like when I travel and stuff, I, I have to be a little careful because I'm, if I'm not going to meetings while I'm traveling, um, I'll find myself uh, moving away from it. Um, I'm amazingly lucky. Um, my wife is also in program, and so that gives me, I, I hear a lot of people where like one person is in program and one's not, and they struggle because the other person doesn't really understand what they're going through, and when, and when they say, oh, I need to do X, the other person goes, well, that seems silly. You don't need to do X. Um, I'm, she's very supportive of me, and, I'm, and it's very easy to say, you know, I've noticed I've had a problem with this, you know, trail mix. <laughs> um, please don't buy a giant bottles of trail mix. And, you know, she's like, okay, no, no problem. Um, uh, we went to a vegetarian diet early in the year. We've come back a little bit from that. Um, but I was able to say, let's try vegetarian for a little while. And we were able to do a vegetarian diet. Um, <clears throat> which, by the way, even if you feel like you don't want to be vegetarian, the one nice thing is, um, for me at least, going vegetarian meant that um, for a, uh, a period of time meant that I started n considering more things that were vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And so even as I brought meat back into my, my diet, um, I, it feels like I have a larger selection of, of vegetarian options now as I eat, and I'm more likely to go, oh, I'll do that today rather than that. So it, it leaves the balance still a little bit more towards the vegetarian side. Um, and I, every day is a new day, and every day I start and go, I don't know what today's going to be, but I'm going to do the right thing and, and let go um, 
and let the universe take care of the rest of it. So thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs>